I know Warren never uh, loses his chance to take a pot shot when I'm not here, so I was fully expecting. I don't a, even uh, think that was a pot shot. Yeah, you know, I was fully expected some, you know, some kind of shot across the bow. But hey, you know what? I'm back here, ready to roll. And uh, what was surprising to me was the host country of France. There was French French families there with uh, uh, USA jerseys on, which I thought was pretty cool, pretty interesting. Why do <laughs> you, did you talk? Why were they? Uh, I guess you did. You know why they were wearing? Like American jerseys, are they, were they grateful for the help in World War II, or were they just uh, <laughs> were they just were they just cheering on the U.S. since they both have red, white, and blue? They stink so bad you can't even make it up. Now here, are your host of the short thing, Warren Shore and Ryan Silva. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this edition of The Shore Thing here on Talk Radio 1190. I'm your host, Warren Shore. Ryan is going to be out tonight. He is at his wife's uh, Christmas party. They are at the Mavs game in a nice suite, so he has the night off. And special guest uh, on the show. You've heard him a couple of times as we had him on uh, Cowboys bye week, I think it was. And then uh, right before the draft to talk draft, that's Dalton Miller. Uh, so very excited for this one. Obviously, going to talk a lot of Cowboys. You can uh, check out his web- website, bluechipscouting.com. Also, Talking the Star podcast. So, Dalton, thanks for coming in on this Sunday night. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here. Um, so, we're going to have a good show planned. Obviously, no Cowboys game today, but we will get into the state of the team, which obviously is not very good right now uh, after that loss in Chicago on Thursday night, we'll see what needs to happen. Just to, just what is going on over in Frisco and in Arlington with the team. And can things uh, rebound from that? We are uh, going to touch on the college football playoff as the uh, seedings have been announced and the whole bowl season has been announced. So uh, Dalton also will get into bowl games and he knows his giraffe. So he's taking a quick look at the bowl uh, bowl games and who might some uh, players to take a look in the draft. One of them, actually, if you're a big quarterback guy, is going to be here in Frisco, Utah State, Jordan Love. Uh, so, uh, uh, we, we'll, we'll get to that probably, uh, last segment of the show around seven forty-five. if you want to tune into that Dalton is big smile on his face when I mentioned Jordan Love. So I know he's got some, uh, hot, he's, he's ready to go on that. And then we're going to, since we're both, uh, golf guys, we know each other from caddying at Trinity forest and, uh, played some golf together. We'll uh, get a little president's cup. And if cheater Pat Reed is going to get it from the Australian fans, uh, this week. So that's coming up in the final uh, segment of the show. So, uh, we'll just start off right, uh, uh, right, right with the Cowboys. The Cowboys were losers. Final score not indicative of what the game was. Thirty-one twenty-four. They were down twenty-four to seven, and they were getting stomped. Uh, anytime a Mitch Trubisky offense puts twenty-four unanswered on you, that's not really what the way you want the game to go. Not at all. Well, it's bad because back-to-back weeks a Josh Allen offense put up twenty-six unanswered, and we did the same thing with Sam Darnold too. It doesn't yeah. matter. We're just letting all these you know first, second, third-year guys who aren't very good come in and control the the entire flow of the game. And it mostly comes down to their ability to move with their legs. Because I mean, those three guys. Yeah. I mean. You know, uh, Sam Sam Darnold a little bit more accurate than than Josh. He's Allen the better is. thrower of all the three of them. Yeah, I mean, he's got a little Tony Romo in him, so he can also make some mistakes. But when he doesn't make those mistakes, it's big time games. When it, it comes to playing a team like Dallas, who I mean, is just having a ton of trouble on defense, especially. Um, but I mean, even even so, I mean, Dak Prescott hasn't played well in the past three weeks. No. Uh, ever since that game in New England, I, I I think that he hurt his hand a little bit or his one of his fingers. I think it was his pointer finger uh, in this past game, or might have been his middle finger. Uh, but it was on his throwing hand, so you know, kind of after that first drive, he wasn't the same. And I mean, that, that's just kind of what we've been seeing from them. They they haven't been sharp on offense, and the defense has consistently let them down. They can't tackle at all. For sure. You know, the weird thing to me is is that it's been harped on a lot, the slow starts. Like, there was a stretch, I think, from, well, if you look at week one to probably week 11, mm-hmm. 
they had one opening drive touchdown. That was against the Eagles, and I think one other drive was a field goal. So only two opening drives led to points. They had a bunch of turnovers. Obviously, the one in the the, uh, Giants game was bad. Zeke had a fumble, I think, the following week after that. So they were turning over, not getting off to good starts. Now, the past two weeks, they've scored touchdowns on their opening drives. I think, though, the one against the Bears was a little smoke and mirror. I don't want to say smoke and mirrors. They got the job done, but they were converting a lot of third and longs, like third and eight, third and 11 on that drive, which is what you need to do. But multiple in a 17-play drive kind of is covering up what was going on to get you in that third down situation. But so they've addressed what they needed to do of slow starts. Well, they've gotten off to quote unquote hot starts with touchdowns on the first drive. And then it's like, they have, it's it's like Kellen Moore has nothing left afterwards or get whatever the offensive game plan is scripting. The first drive seems to be working well the past two weeks, but after that, it's like, who knows? Yeah. And it's a complete departure. I mean, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit uh, of last year where we saw these nice first quarters, we get up to early leads and then we try to just establish the run in the second half of, you know, especially early in the third quarter, just try to run the clock out and, and have teams come back. And that's why we ended up winning so many close games last year, because we would get up multiple scores in, in, in most instances and allow teams to come back. Now this year, you know, we score early in these past two games and then the offense looks anemic for, you know, the rest of it until the game gets out of hand, the defense starts playing prevent defense, and then Dak gets all his garbage time stats to make his day not look as bad. Uh, But it just hasn't been good. This team, you know, ever since Jason Garrett's seat really got fiery hot, it, it has been pretty ugly because they have not responded the way that they normally have when they get into these situations where that seat does start to get hot. And I'm not going to go out there and say that these guys quit because you can't quit in football. It, you, your, your mind might yeah. not be in it totally, but physically you cannot quit. Uh, it just doesn't seem like they have the same amount of fight. No, it really doesn't. Um, which is why I'm kind of surprised, though, they they put together a couple touchdown drives late against the Bears. Like, it, it didn't... It, it looked like they were just out there going through the motions early on, but then if you're like, oh, they quit, they wouldn't put up, they wouldn't, uh, you could say, score a couple late touchdowns. And so that's where I've just, I, I'm just confused. You understand what I'm saying, right? Yeah, it's yeah, just, no. I, like, usually, like, look at the Jags today. They they, they have quit. quit. Yeah. And they did not put up anything in the second. And they got beat 45 no. to 10 today of the church. They got, they were down early and they just quit. They didn't do anything. At least they had, I'm not like, the game was never in doubt. They were never yeah. going to win or whatever. Even with the late onside kick attempt, it was, I had went, to, I went to bed. I, like I totally missed the onside kick attempt. I was like checking my phone for like, Oh, they tried an onside kicker. They scored a touchdown. Yeah. But uh, like, so there's something there with them scoring late, but it's just, that's why the quitting thing. I don't like, I don't think they would quit. No. And, and I think that, I think the issue on the team right now is there there seems to be a lack of leadership in the locker room. And I I think that Dak has has kind of stepped up. But when you have somebody like uh, um, Michael Bennett come in and immediately be a leader on your football team, and I understand that he's won a a championship. He's won a Super Bowl. and, And so he knows how this thing goes and knows how it's supposed to look. And you can step up and say things. But when you're out there on the field pregame and it's you and Jalen Smith leading the pregame chance, like why is that new player immediately that high of a level of a leader on that team? It doesn't make any sense to me. You have guys like Jeff Heath. Jeff Heath is a captain. He's a special teams captain, technically. But he's still a captain. But he's still a captain. He's been around here forever. You have guys like like LVE, who is obviously hurt right now. But Byron Jones in the secondary has been here. Tank Lawrence has been around forever and is supposed to be that vocal leader, but hasn't talked as much since Mama told him to stop talking. So I don't understand what is happening to, to come out in these slow starts. And the tackling, it's not an effort thing. But tackling is all will, and, yeah. and, and they just don't have it right now. And it's it's not like the, they're getting out. It's it's not like they're taking bad angles. Getting, they're just missing. They just can't finish. And when you don't finish, that's when I start thinking. You know what what is really going on? Have it's not that they quit. It's just that they're not fully invested because. 
at this point, things are starting to go bad, and they don't know how to react to that. Yeah, and I also wonder if everyone's just kind of out there for themselves, like the t- like the buying into the team of. We- There's a lot of contracts. A lot, yes. Like, look at all the guys that have got. Like Jalen Smith has had a poor year, and I'm not trying to say he's taking it easy after he got the contract in the in the off season, um, but he is. He had a very interesting game against the Bears with his with his like like taunt like taunting the, the swipe, a pass breakup yeah, the, the and then swipe the, down twenty four to seven you know yeah. was ridiculous and then obviously the the injury to Javon Wims in the end zone was terrible getting up doing the note catch thing. there's a zero percent chance that he did not see him there rolling around yeah. on the ground zero percent so, chance and and and, and I like Jalen Smith I met yeah. him multiple times he's a great dude to talk to he's very inspirational. These guys, especially him, Dak, you know, those guys are about their brands. Oh, and now sure. Dak Prescott is somebody who works his butt off to, to be as good as he can be because he wouldn't be as good as he is now if he didn't work like crazy. Jalen, he came back from one of the most significant injuries yeah. we've ever seen. So he, it's not like he's not working. But at some point, just like with Jerry Jones, the brand becomes more important, or not more important, but enough importance to take your time away from what you're supposed to be doing. But it's like they have the uh, you have the business meeting room at the Star where players can meet with other like companies in, and they could get like brand deals there. Like you're already setting yourself up that football is one, and then like right behind it, you get your own personal your personal uh um exposure going yeah. on which which isn't that's not how it should that's not how it should be at least in my mind and I'm all for guys getting getting uh like sponsorship deals and yeah. everything and I don't I don't think it's a old oh you're thinking about this when you're on the field I'm, I'm I don't buy that but the way Jerry sets his is talks about it, the organization and is always says the Cowboys are above everything and the perception is that he cares about all this other stuff rather than winning. You could it's pretty easy to say, hey, how that could trickle down to the players. No, I, I absolutely, because it is about for Jerry Jones. I mean, he obviously more than anything else wants to win a Super Bowl. Absolutely. But he uh he loves that money as well. And he understands that the Dallas Cowboys are the, the richest franchise in professional sports. And when you have a, a an entity like that that is so big that it can't fail. Even if they would have came out this year, lost Dak Prescott, and gone, you know, four and twelve or even worse than that, the ratings are still going to be in the fifteens. Mm-hmm. It's still going to absolutely dwarf anything else that is on TV. It doesn't matter at the end of the day for Jerry Jones from a business perspective if they win or lose. Yes. Yeah, so we'll keep talking about the Cowboys more after this. I want to get into uh I feel like the offensive line is kind of getting a little bit of a free pass here. There's some guys up there that I think are uh, are not they're not up to what they're getting paid their their value. What they're getting paid is not how they're performing out there. And then just overall, what can really happen the last three games? It really only comes down to the Eagles game. That's pretty much the season. So we could uh, talk more about that. That's coming up next here on the Short Thing on Talk Radio 1190. I've been having dreams. Jumping on a Short thing here, Talk Radio 1190, Warren Shore and Dalton Miller. Dalton is filling in for Ryan as Ryan is out this week. He will be back next week. Subscribe, rate, review, Apple Podcasts and the iHeartRadio Podcast app as we do our Pick'em show on Thursdays. We'll still do that, still do that this Thursday. Uh, we will preview the uh, Cowboys game against the Rams. And we will take a look at Army, Navy, and just some other stuff. NFL picks this week. I went 3-1-1, one, and one, so that's good. That's an 8-1-1 in one, one the last two weeks after disaster. I did figure out my overall record from uh, the show. It is now 30. It's 31-37-2. So not a great year. Not a great year. Especially when you've gone 8-1-1 one, one the past two weeks. Yeah, I mean, but it, it all kind of evens out as long as you get – if you can get back above that, like fifty-two oh, and a half percent. Yes, we are. We're we're making a late a late charge. I think Ryan. I think had a good week. He was. He had. I think he had three wins when I went back. Three or four wins uh, on there. So he had a good week. So be on the lookout for that on a Thursday. All right. So we were talking about the Cowboys and just how they're pretty much a mess right now. Just the special teams is bad. We didn't even talk about Maher. 
what he said after the game was uh, incredible. He's, he's going to sleep well at night. I, I'm surprised it hasn't been announced that he's been cut yet. Like, like I can understand you say, hey, throughout the week, I was proud with how I did my preparation of like keep keeping focused while guys are coming, and mm-hmm. I could get that. But when you said, I am proud of my performance tonight when you missed a kick, and then you kicked the ball out of bounds, and you're still saying I'm going to sleep well, that is the part that raises the red flag for me. The preparation before, fine. You can believe that. Um, but this was... Uh, that's a huge red flag. And he's missed 10 kicks this year. It's the most in the last four seasons a guy's missed in the NFL. So I'm shocked that he is on the team. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where they kind of got stuck between a rock and a hard place last year when they made the decision yeah. to, to keep Maher over Bailey. And we understand it was about the money and, and Maher and Bailey. At that point, Bailey wasn't kicking well. Um, and, and Maher had that little bit of extra leg. And they love to kick those 50-plus yard field goals, yeah. which, you know, if, if you're going to miss field goals and you're going to miss 50-plus yarders, like, that's somewhat understandable. But if you're saying that you're happy after missing, it was like a 37 42. Yarder, like 40, is that what it was? Yeah, 42. Yeah, that's a chip shot for him. Yep. He literally has leg for 65. Yeah. So you need to be able to hit those kicks. The 65-yarders, those are those are extra. I mean, yeah. That, that's, that's fun money right there. Yes. It, it's not what your actual job is to do. Yeah. And he does that more more poorly than anybody else. No. I I agree he's not been good this year and I I'd be shocked if he's kicking next Sunday uh against the Rams. But what we teased before the break is and then I have another broader question for you NFL that I want to ask towards mm-hmm. the end of the segment. So, we were talking about all these big contracts are getting handed out. And the offensive line has the most of the big contracts. Three of them. Well, really four if you count Lyle counts because, what, he's top five at his position at right tackle. Mm-hmm. But three of them are dealing with injuries, I feel. I feel like Zach Martin's battling through an injury. But he's been the better of Tyron Smith and Travis Frederick. Mm-hmm. Travis Frederick is coming back from uh, his uh, health issues last year, and he just hasn't really been himself. And Tyron Smith... I think they're going to keep him around for next year, but I wouldn't be shocked if they just cut the cord. And I think what's like a $4 million cap hit. Oh, he'll still, he'll still be around. Yeah, but he is. He's all right. He's, he's all right. I know, but it's, it's, there's, he's not himself. And I feel like this is like a lot of questions have been brought up of Zeke and why it's not looking like he's running as well, even though he's, he's running fine. It's just, there, the line's taken a little bit of a step back, and he hasn't elevated his game to outperform what the line was doing, and it's all just a big humble jumbled mess, and that's what's going on, I think. Yeah. So Xavier Suafilo is not good. Um, no. There is a, a small sect of Cowboys Nation that actually believes that he is better than Connor Williams. I'm here to tell you that's just objectively wrong, uh, and, and it's okay to be wrong. You know, we're, we all have bad opinions. I have my fair share of bad opinions. Uh, that is not one of them. Uh, with, with Tyron, when you look back at all the penalties that he's had this year now, obviously the false starts, there's no excuse for that. You should not take those five-yard penalties. Uh, when it comes to the holdings, I would say out of the, the eight holdings or, or trippings that he's had, uh, I'd say three of them maybe were actually Well, the trippings were not. The, the trip, yeah, yeah. Both those tripping calls were, were absolutely terrible. terrible. But, but, you know, other than that, Tyron's been fine o- yeah. overall. Um, now, he's always going to battle that little bit of a back injury. For sure. Um, and, and when it comes to Travis Frederick, there was a, a three or four game stretch in the middle of the year where he was actually playing quite well. And then when we got to, you know, right around New England and, and then after that, he has, you know, kind of fallen off a little bit. And that could be partly because we lost Connor Williams yeah. and now he has a, a, a lesser player there at left guard. And then Zach has been banged up. Lyle Collins has, has played as one of uh, I think he's not been very the best right tackles in yeah. the NFL. He's been absolutely elite this year and that contract looks like it's going to be For a sure. really good one. Uh, but, but you're right. I mean, overall the offensive line has not lived up to expectation when you have them, you know, uh, as a conglomerate, making over fifty million dollars a year, and then you also have Ezekiel Elliott, who's going to be, you know, you know, fifty million dollars guaranteed. You need to be able to run the ball effectively, uh-huh. and there have been stretches this year where they haven't, because when it comes down to the run game, how you block is important, especially when you have a running back like Zeke, who lives off of 
you know, getting those extra yards after contact and not really being that elusive guy to make guys miss and break big gains. Yeah, so what, as we said before, the Eagles game really is the only game that they really need to win the Eagles and the Redskins game. Like this game Mm -hmm. against the Rams, yeah, it'd be great if they win it, but it's not like the end-all be-all of the season, which is not really a good way to look at it. But if you're a fan so you don't get stressed out over the game when they're losing – you could you could fall back on that and it would be much better for the health and the blood pressure of yourself. So the Eagles are just a mess. But what do you think they need to do in that game or just the Rams game to get? Is it uh, just some confidence they need going into the Philly game? Is it what does Kellen Moore scheme wise need to do or is what what do you think the problem that uh, the Cowboys need to correct is? They, they need to tackle, first and yes. foremost, um, on defense. And then on offense, you, you need to be able to try to get out to those early leads because your defense is built to play with the lead. Uh, they are a uh, conservative defense. They yeah. don't blitz very often. They run very bland schemes and coverages. Uh, they are still a little bit shell-shocked from the Rob Ryan era where they ran a more complex defense and they didn't have the personnel to, to run that kind of scheme and they got burnt by it. Uh, so now they run, you know, a lot of base cover three. They run a, a lot of, you know, uh, they've run a little bit of Tampa two and a little bit of regular cover two, but it's a lot of, uh, you know, man on top of that as well. But whenever they get a lead, they just play back, play forward. Don't try to, you know, take the ball away or anything. Just keep plays in front of you and make tackles. Um, and that defense, that kind of defense works when you make tackles. Uh, they're obviously not going to change their philosophy midseason. So you just have to hope that that defense can tackle. Um, other than that, man, get a turnover or two. Well, they did and finally they did get one, but week. it was the worst case scenario where the ball could be at. On the one yard line. <laughs> the and, worst case. And, and that's, you know, part of this team that frustrates me the most is the one guy on defense, that one player on defense that always seems to be at the right place at the right time, couldn't even get on the field until Anthony Brown got hurt. Yeah. Jordan Lewis, he, he is the only one who is going to go out there and really you know, make an effort to take the ball away. Mm. He's the second best corner on the team and they weren't playing him because he's five foot nine instead of six feet tall and his arms are a little bit short. Yeah. No, he's been great and he's a free agent after this year, right? No, no, no. We've got one more year. Oh, Anthony Brown's a free agent, right? Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. Okay, so that's kind of what they need to do. I just have an overall, uh, this is not really Cowboy related question, but so today we pretty much saw the game of the year between the 49ers and the Saints, both mm-hmm. of those defenses, we would say top five uh, in the in the league. But those coaches, Shanahan and uh, Sean Payton, are so good offensively. So I was wondering for you because you uh, watch a lot of tape and check out schemes and everything like that. So does a good offensive scheme beat like a great defense, or what do you think? We saw because obviously last year, 51, whatever the uh, the Rams, the Chiefs, Rams, everyone's like, oh, offense is here to take over. Then everyone's like, well, look at the defense now. And it, it goes and ebbs and flows in a season. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anyone saw 48, 46 today. Well, and so, and I was watching while I was watching the Browns, I kind of was watching it. And I mean, guys were running wide open all over the field. Yeah. I mean, you really don't expect. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo led team to you know throw for 350 yards I and agree. have him throw for four touchdowns but what what they do so well in San Francisco is create creative ways to run the football they have a lot of guys in that backfield who can run I mean just look at this Raheem Mostert do you know that name yeah he's on my bench in fantasy I picked him up this week yeah Matt Breida Debo Samuel is a wide receiver, and then you have Telvin Col- Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman, who they signed a contract or signed to a contract. Matt Breida, they've had around like these guys. They're not huge names, but they went out today and they averaged six point eight yards a carry. Mostert, ten carries, sixty nine yards. They do creative things on offense to get nice, clean rushing lanes. They use misdirection. They use a ton of motion, and. In San Francisco, they do things a little bit different where they have a tight end who isn't 40 years old, can actually block, 
And they use Kyle Juszczyk extremely well there. Kyle Juszczyk is an old-school fullback. He's been around for a little while now. Um, and, and, you know, Shanahan does a really good job using him. When it comes to these 48-46 games, you know, it, it's I think it's less indicative of the defense. And sometimes the game flow just dictates Agreed. that. LSU, Texas A&M last year, they had the seven-overtime yeah. game. Those defenses sometimes they get just tired. get a little bit tired. For sure, for sure. They get tight, um, and, and sometimes those points just get scored. Sometimes you have coverage lapses. You know when you're out there getting your butt kicked already when you've given up 30 points. Sometimes those 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 kinds of scores happen. Yeah, no. Uh, so I was yeah, that's definitely the case too. And I uh, I didn't think there would be that many points. I had the first half under on accident. I didn't mean to bet it, but I did. And I looked up and it was the loser in the first quarter. <laughs> but that's uh, here nor there. But I just thought that was a fascinating, fascinating just how that game evolved. And no, I agree with the Witten, with the Witten stuff. Uh, I've been pounding the table for more Blake Jarwin. I've mm-hmm. been keeping up with his uh, Witten snap counts. So and that's see- literally everybody. Like, there's nobody at he's this point that's 80, not. He's yeah. playing like 75% of the snaps when yeah. he came in. And said, "I'm going to play uh, like 20 to 25 which, snaps." A which game. I at the at time knew that was a lie. Yeah, that was not did. true. And you saw him yelling at the uh, yelling on the mm-hmm. sideline. Like, I mean, I made a joke tweet from the short thing account that he's not uh, come. He didn't leave the broadcast booth to go six and seven. Like he didn't. He no, did it. To, he came back because he thought that this team a was Super a legitimate Bowl. contender. I know. In it. In it. And obviously it's part of his personal reason why he's frustrated just because he's like, this is my last chance to win a Super Bowl. And I didn't, it's a selfish thing that I think why he's yelling on the sideline, but it's just the whole team needs a reality check. I think going into these last two weeks and, or three weeks of the season and, and the Eagles are so bad that they might just get it done. Be, not because of what they're doing, but because of the deficiencies of the other teams in their division. Yeah, I mean the, the Eagles are are a very bad football and team. And they're on all or point. nothing. Very exciting. Are they? Yeah, this year all or nothing. That should be interesting. <laughs> yeah, that should be very good. I mean, they're going to get an influx of talent coming through the draft. I mean, they're probably going to draft like Henry Ruggs to replace Sean Jackson and I'm going to cry. <laughs> but uh they have the Giants, the Redskins, Cowboys, and then the Giants again. Yeah, I mean, it's... That's tough. And you might get Eli twice. Yeah. That's another thing. So it's going to be interesting to see how that ends up up turning out because if Eli can come out and have a nice little swan song, that would be really cool for us. (laughs) Yeah, and him. Because I think that the Eagles legitimately, I think that they need to lose one of these next, you know three games that isn't the Cowboys game. They obviously have to lose the Cowboys game. For sure. Uh, But... You know, they have a, a much easier schedule down the stretch with these last four games being divisional games and two of those teams being very, very bad. For sure. All right. Coming up next year on the Short Thing Talk Radio 1190, we'll go to the college ranks and the playoff is set, so we'll get into that. And we'll take a little look around the bowl games as well, talk a little uh, draft prospects with Dolan because that's his uh, bread and butter. So that's coming up next year, Short Thing Talk Radio 1190. Short thing here, Talk Radio 1190. Warren Short, Dalton Miller here, who's filling in for Ryan. Ryan will be back uh, next week. Dalton, check him out. Uh, his website, bluechipscouting.com, and Talking the Star podcast. All right, so college football playoff, and there was no drama. Well, there was a little bit of drama. It was for number one and the number two seed. Yeah, that's about it. That was the only drama because Utah did what uh, the Pac-12 does, and they just... Uh, peed down their leg. Whenever the Pac-12 has a chance, they lose. So Oregon dominated them. And uh, Oklahoma slugged it out against Baylor. You could say that with Baylor's third-string quarterback, uh, what a line he had. And uh, then Ohio State game was interesting uh, because Wisconsin Wisconsin was up 21-7 to at the half, and they scored like 35-second drive to end the half. But then Ohio State shut them out 27 nothing. In the second half, which I still thought that they could have maybe got the one seed. Everyone's like, oh, this is the funniest thing is if you watch a game on Twitter, which is fun and like disturbing or just like seeing. Okay, I should say it's fun if you have a feed where everybody is like 
together. Mm-hmm. It's like all brown or all Cowboys, Browns, Ohio State fans. But then if you get the lingerers that are just throwing grenades in or just having their thing, you're like, no, that's not right. What are you doing? You yeah. always want to get the thumbs going. But I thought it was hilarious. Ohio State's down like 14. They're like, oh, not the number one seed. Not the number. They yeah. could have came back and won 49-14 theoretically. Would they have still not been the one seed? Then, like, that's the stuff I find out. But LSU becomes the one seed. Uh, I think mainly, and Rob Mullins kind of said this because their defense has played much better. Their defense was awful until the last two games against A&M and Georgia. That was not mm-hmm. good. They were giving up. They well, gave up, and and they were playing bad offenses too. A and M is like Ole Miss. Ole Miss scored thirty five points against them. That should not happen. No, even though I do, I love me some John Reese Plumley. I I like that guy. That guy's so fast. Dude, it's like a four three. It's it's gonna be really interesting to see the what lane train with Lane there. Oh, first of all, it's gonna be entertaining. We know. Oh, that. for sure. He should just avoid the the Grove on game days and the square down there. He should just avoid. <laughs> There are going to be videos going on. It's it's he should he wishes that this was like the 80s when there was no social media going on. I don't understand. And I know that it's a higher profile job. I know it's in the SEC and, and you know, you have all that. But he's leaving Boca Raton on the beach yeah. to go to Mississippi. Oxford. Look, Oxford. I went to Mississippi State for a year. That's not bad. Yeah. But yeah, Boca Raton. All right. So back to the playoff. But so it's uh, LSU, Oklahoma in the Peach Bowl. That is uh, December 28th at 4 o'clock. Then it's Ohio State Clemson. That is the uh, Fiesta Bowl. That's 8 o'clock, so that's the nightcapper. And quick thoughts are, obviously, since I like Ohio State, disappointed they didn't get the one seed. You beat every team by double digits the entire season, and you get jumped by... Uh, look, LSU's been incredible, too. It's, I, I think LSU's resume was better. They and, had more... And, and, and I think, personally, I, I think that it's a toss-up between who is the better team out of the two. They ha- they both have phenomenal squads. And I, don't, and I know Clemson didn't play anyone, but if you beat teams consistently by 30 mm-hmm. points or more, you should probably be jumped in the number one seed talk. Like, I don't like saying they've won 28 in a row. They're the defending national champions Mm -hmm. because you are supposed to look at this season. You're not looking in the past. You look at this season, what happened. And if when you beat lesser competition by 30 points, what they won like six in a row by 30 points or more ever since the North Carolina win by one point, they have dominated like, and that's that's what Clemson does. You should, that's what we've seen recently. They they yeah. always have that one game, that Syracuse, that UNC yes. game, where they they almost lose to or lose to a team that they shouldn't, and then they turn it on. And Clemson right now is playing their best football. So obviously, if you're an Ohio State fan, you would love to see them get that first seed because I think that. I don't think Oklahoma's got enough to keep up with any of these teams, any of the three. Oh, I agree. I think Oklahoma, uh, I think they, I'm just fascinated how their defense is probably going to get carved up by LSU. Everybody's been getting carved up. And Georgia's yeah. defense is way better, and they were getting smoked. Yeah, and, and and honestly, this is a little bit different of an Oklahoma team than we're used to seeing. Their defense is actually, you know, in that it's, top 30 range yeah. this year, which is something that you'd never see from an Oklahoma defense. And even, you know, playing in the Big 12, where you have these air raid teams that throw the ball all, all over yards. So their their numbers are pretty good. That LSU offense is ridiculous. But this Oklahoma offense is probably the best offense LSU has seen since Alabama game. Yes. And I feel like Oklahoma is going to be able to put up some points on the LSU defense, even though they've been playing better and they've gotten healthy. They, I'm, I don't think they can win a shootout with LSU. I don't think they can win a shootout with LSU, but I think that Lincoln Riley could come up with a game plan of maybe the kind of what happened in the second half when Oklahoma came back against Baylor. Jalen Hurts pounding the ball, a heavy, That's heavy. What he's got to do. He's got to run the ball. He will. He will not be able to throw against Stingley yeah. or or uh, Christian Fulton. Yeah, like like heavy, heavy uh, runs. You get Ceedee Lamb involved with maybe a reverse here, some screen passes going on. Get him in open space where he's phenomenal. Like that's the way I think Oklahoma can compete. Against LSU, just uh, you got they got to almost have forty minutes of possession. Yeah, like they have to have that. If not, it's game over. I that's that's what I think. Yeah, they have to control the football. And Jalen Hurts, something that we've seen this year, the fumbles are really big. And he's been you know, bad ball the, control. Yeah, just the turnovers overall, and you can't have that, especially against an offense that is led by Joe Burrow. You have Jamar Chase. Um, and Justin Jefferson, and then also Clyde Edward Hilaire in the backfield, who is. 
is he's awesome. great. He's awesome, and and not enough people are talking about him from a draft perspective. Uh, but you know, he's somebody who they run a lot of duo, so he is is tasked with making the end man on the line of scrimmage miss, and, and he's got that devastating spin move. He's got a really nice, you know, explosive jump cut. So I, I don't see any way that Oklahoma really keeps up offensively. I think that their defense is going to have to try to get stops. Yeah, no, I agree, and I don't think that's going to happen. No. Um, and then the Ohio State Clemson game. Uh, look, I think Clemson's going to win it right now. Early on, obviously, I could say Fryan will be saying when he listens to Sandbag and Warren, that's exactly what he's going to say. But uh, Justin Fields' health is going to be—I know he's got three weeks off, but mm-hmm. still a little bit of a mystery. Uh, they've never beaten Ohio State. The pro- here's the thing, though. Uh, Ryan Day and Dabo are going to do. We're disrespected. Of course. Dabble already came on and said there's never been a three first seed all, that's been 13 and 0. I, w- I would like to say <laughs> with, with Dabo is, is he brings this this aura of being all such an all shucks, I'm such a good person. <laughs> I really do not like Dabo Swinney. And he's a great football coach. He has absolutely turned that Clemson program around. There's something about that attitude that he has that I just don't like. It's the, uh, yeah, I I. I liked him at the beginning, but then it's the it, I don't it wears on you. It wears on you, and then it's the oh, college athletes shouldn't get paid. We're gonna take it out of amateurism. We'll lose all college. And that's probably why. Well, Dabo, guess what? You're making nine million dollars because these kids are getting paid for free. Yeah, like you, guess what? You think you're, you're making salary- nine million dollars if you don't have Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence playing for free. Playing not, for, not, not, well, not. Well, they get scholarships. Well, yes, they get scholarships. Yes, yes. So without without getting paid, guess what? Your salary your salary would be lower. But I just. I'm very excited for the Ohio State DBs against these with oh, Clemson awesome. wide receivers. Like Okuda has been great. He's been phenomenal. Uh, Fuller has been really good. Uh, Ware has been banged up, but he played uh, last night, and he was pretty good. So I think that's going to be a phenomenal matchup. Yeah. And Arnett's no slouch either. No, Arnett. He's a little bit of a hothead sometimes. Yeah, but, a little bit. But he's, I, yeah, I should have mentioned Arnett. He's yeah. been phenomenal. I think that's going to be a great matchup. That, and, and I know what's going to get hyped up is Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Fields. Which is going to be great. Because it's going to be great, and they were the one and two recruits coming out, and they were the two highest rated quarterback recruits in like the last 15 years, or, you know, until since mm-hmm. Andrew Luck coming out. So it, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what really happens when 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 with those two specifically. But it is that matchup right there that you talked about, those Clemson wide receivers against that secondary of Ohio State. And then that Clemson or yeah, yeah, that Clemson offensive line, what they do to slow down Chase Young. Chase Young. Which, and he's he hasn't been good the last two weeks, but he's also been seeing a ridiculous amount of double team and triple teams yes. from Michigan and then Wisconsin this They're past week. They're not gonna Teams aren't going to allow Chase Young to beat them. For sure. And that's what they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. So and you need to get guys like Robert Landers on the interior yeah. going. You need to try to well, – I would try to move Chase Young around quite a bit. You have three weeks to scheme up ways to get him pressure from multiple spots. They did a little bit of that yesterday. They brought him standing up, bring, coming up the front, um, and things along along that. All right. Uh, before we go to break, and then we'll carry this over after the break. So I just I want to say I, I think that Ohio State's going to win. All right. Well, I like the, I like your thing there, but all, the thing too is Ohio State hasn't faced an offense like Clemson's all year, and Clemson hasn't faced an offense like Ohio State's offense all year. So this is definitely uh we're facing the best talent we faced the entire season. How is how is this gonna uh, how are teams going to react to punches and counter punches throughout the whole game? So that should be phenomenal. But uh, quickly, we were mentioning. The bowl games, we're going to get in the bowl slate. Uh, mentioned the Frisco Bowl, actually Kent State, uh, where my dad went to college. I will, uh, don't worry, I'll be at the Frisco Bowl, rocking my Antonio Gates Chargers powder blue jersey, rock, rooting for the Golden Flash against Utah State, and Jordan Love, who I know you uh, had a big smile on your face when uh, you mentioned that. He's one of, we're going to talk some draft prospects here with all of you didn't catch regular, but he's like, well, he's like the Josh Allen sleeper cell quarterback, I think. Yeah, he is. Uh, he really should probably grad transfer after this season yeah. and go to a big Power Five school where he has talent again. Uh, he was one of the really, really hot names coming into the season, and then he's gone out to you know for most of the season. I haven't looked at his numbers recently, but had more interceptions than touchdowns. Uh, but he does. He is not Patrick Mahomes, 
and, and I think that that's something that some people got kind of confused about over the summer. But there are some Patrick Mahomes traits to him. His ability to throw the ball on the move is very much like a shortstop. Uh, so he's got that effortless arm, and that effortless arm comes from elbow velocity. He's just able to get that through the hallway so quickly. The ball, it looks like he's not even trying to push it 50 yards down the field on a rope, but he can do it like that. And when you have that live of an arm, it's really going to impress scouts, whether you play well or not. Yeah. No, I agree. All right, so we'll take a quick break, quick 30-second break, come back, and we'll talk. Some bowl games that have caught our eye, and then we'll get into the President's Cup and cheating Fat Pat. So that's coming up on our final segment of the Short Thing Talk Radio 1190. Short Thing here, Talk Radio 1190. We are back, Warren and Dalton filling in for Ryan. All right, so we are taking a look at the bowl schedule. I am fascinated by a couple of games. One of them is the first Saturday uh, of bowl season, December 21st. I think it's just uh, interesting and cool, I guess. Chris Peterson's final game at Washington is going against Boise State uh, in the Vegas Bowl, so that should be pretty cool uh, environment. And that's kind of a big game for uh, Eason. Is he going? Is he draft eligible this year or not? He is draft eligible. But he is really, his stock is taking a plummet. Yeah, so uh, how do I say this? Um, he probably needs... Four years. Three or four years before he's ready to play in the NFL. Yeah. His process is just so far behind. He's one of those kids where growing up, he's always bigger, stronger, had had a better arm, and was able to just fit balls wherever the hell he wanted to in high school. And at the college level, he played a little bit at Georgia, and that tape was you know kind of okay. It was okay for a freshman, but he hasn't really been able to progress at all because he hasn't been on the field. Um, and then he gets up to Washington, and that process, that mental side of it is just not there right now. Yeah. So it, it, you can have all the arm talent in the world. If your process is behind, you're going to make mistakes. Uh, I think Utah, Texas. Uh, that's oh, the, that's a big one. That's Alamo Bowl, New Year's Eve. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if Texas is going to be able to score on Utah. Um <laughs> But uh, Tom Herman might need to smash his head on a bunch of helmets to get the boys fired <laughs> up for that one. Uh, I think that's a fascinating. Uh, that's a very fascinating game. What are some games that you are uh, uh, excited about or prospects that you're looking to watch? Yeah, so so that Utah Texas one is one that I'm super excited about, especially from the Cowboys' perspective. I mean, they that Utah defense has six, uh, seven actually uh, defensive members on the defense that. Um, are draft eligible and they have six guys going to the senior bowl. Uh, so on that defensive side of the ball, Lecky Foto is a, a defensive tackle. Cowboys need a defensive tackle. He'd be that big one tech who would start over Antoine Woods. Um, you know, RIP probably, so, <laughs> yeah, probably. you know, like, depending on what happens there. Uh, Cowboys career, not life. No, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no. And, 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 and it's, that's unfortunate because he's a really good dude. I've had him uh, on our talking the star podcast yeah. and nice guy. Just that's a bad situation to get into. Yeah. Uh, Bradley and I is an, an edge rusher. Uh, the Cowboys are definitely going to need, he's going to be more of a depth piece guy. They can always use depth at that position. Francis, Francis Bernard, a linebacker, Probably aren't going to look at him, but Jalen Johnson, he's a big, long corner. We know that we like them here in Dallas. And then Julian Blackman and Terrell Burgess, two safeties, both safeties that are going to be drafted um, and play in the NFL on Sundays. I'm a bigger fan of Terrell Burgess than I am Blackman, uh, but I know a lot of guys really like the range that Blackman has. Uh, For me, I think that he needs to bring a little bit more fire to that side of the ball, and that's something that I don't like, especially for a Cowboys team that already struggles in that area. Um, But that defense is absolutely stacked. So that's one of the biggest things that I want people to watch for um, when it comes to the bowl games. I'm also going to be interested how many guys sit out because there's rumors like 12 dudes on Alabama are sitting out Mm -hmm. or some of them are saying they're all going to play. Like I imagine the receivers aren't going to play. No. Uh, I'm interested how many guys are going to sit out. Uh, Minnesota Auburn, January 1st, like that one. Uh, yeah. Rashad Bateman might be one of my favorite receivers this year. And he's not even drafted. I know, yet. but just to watch him he's play, awesome. he's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just that, <laughs> I think watching Bo Nix play quarterback is kind of funny. Oh, it's just, it's just like a wild, it's a white knuckle ride back it there. It is. It's, man, it's kind of like a little bit of like young, uh, 
right-handed Tebow a little <laughs> yeah. bit, but he's not quite as good a runner as Tebow was. Just kind of that that wildness to to his game. But the big one there is Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, for Minnesota, and then Tyler Johnson, the wide receiver for Minnesota. Uh, Tyler Johnson, huge on draft Twitter, uh, did not get a Senior Bowl invite, so the NFL is obviously a lot lower on him than a lot of people on Twitter are. Um, so that'll be an interesting thing to watch throughout the draft process. But Antoine Winfield Jr. is my draft crush of the season. He's five foot ten. He's Antoine Winfield's son. Um, so he's got that NFL pedigree. He's a good athlete. He's about five nine. Uh, so he is a little bit shorter there at safety, but he's got great ball production. He comes down hard in the run game. He plays his butt off, um, and, and he, he does all of that with good technique. He, uh, in the Penn State game, took away their best uh, target on offense, Pat Fryermuth, who people are gron- calling Baby Gronk. So uh, this is a guy who can play guys a lot bigger than him. He's my personal favorite player in this draft and the one more than anybody else I want to see playing strong safety for the Cowboys next year. Uh, yeah, so that's just a couple of stuff. Is there any other, quickly before we shift our way to the President's Cup what uh, or the golf talk, What uh, any other game you got just quick? You know, I, I would love to, to talk about, yeah, I would love to talk about Alabama and that defense, but I just don't know how many of those guys are going to play, so I don't yeah. even know if it's worth really talking about. For sure, yeah, no. Look, anytime you watch, get players on the Alabama defense, mm-hmm. if, you can, if you just draft players from Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, defensively, you're probably going to be in yeah. pretty good shape. Like, it's pretty, like, it shouldn't be that easy, but guess what? The Redskins' defense, not terrible, no. and they got littered with Alabama yeah. dudes. And, and honestly, on that defense, you have guys that you're drafting that know more about defense and scheme than anybody yeah. on your team right now because that Alabama defense is complicated. Yes, all right, so uh, we'll be obviously having the bull stuff as it comes down the pipeline. And that starts uh, Friday the 20th, so pretty early. So a week from Friday, we get the Bulls stuff uh, going. All right, so Tiger had his little shindig fake event in the Bahamas this week. I watched it. John John Rahm won. Uh, Tiger had a chance late, but he kind of he blew it down the stretch. And uh, we did get some controversy. Every time uh, there's some Patrick Reed stuff, always, always loving to talk about it. And so on Thursday or Friday, he had some, like, his ball was in a, it was like plugged in a bunker, like a fried egg. There's a bunch of sand behind it, and he was taking his club back to improve the lie. You can't do that two-stroke penalty. Mm-hmm. And he got called for a two-stroke penalty later. The tour said he wasn't really cheating. He just got the penalty for getting the penalty. Cameron Smith, who is on the international team in the President's Cup in Melbourne, prime time Wednesday to Saturday, so it should be good, uh, on the Golf Channel. He said, I don't have any sympathy for anyone that cheats. Which is a harsh word. You never hear the cheater word thrown out on tour a lot. No, you do not uh, hear that word. And I hope the crowd absolutely gives it to him. Not only him, but everyone on the American team next week. I'm saying everyone on the American team that are not cheaters. He just he wants that, but specifically Pat Reed and the cheating cheating Pat. And uh, look, controversy always follows uh, one one. Pat Reed and uh, it did this week. It's, and like, just it's weird when you're event. always in the wrong place at the wrong <laughs> yeah. time, right? It is very weird. It's almost like it's almost like it's not a coincidence. No, it is almost like it's not a coincidence. And, and Pat Reed doesn't do himself any favors with the way that he conducts his himself. So no, I have no sympathy for him either. And, and you know, if he's doing this on a Saturday when the cameras are on and you're in contention. What is this dude doing on Thursdays and Fridays when nobody's following him? That's the question that I have. Are you improving your lie in the rough over there, (laughs) Fat Pat? So... How 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 deep does this get with him? And so yeah, I hope that the the you know the the um, Australian crowd gives it to him too. I don't know how nice they are down there. I don't know if they're like Canadians. Down I think there they're and, pretty nice though. It's all, but, it's in the but I want now. them to give it to him because I don't like Pat Reed. Um, yeah. But I'm interested to see how this plays out down in Melbourne. The, the course is not very long. No, firm um, and fast. It's going to be firm, fast, and you got some of those guys that love playing down there in yeah. Australia on the opposite side. Uh, and they obviously don't have the talent that the Americans do, but they're not going to be able to bomb and gouge like they want to. I, look, the President's Cup doesn't have the luster of the Ryder Cup, obviously. No. That's also because the Americans have just dominated the event. Yeah, I love Tiger. I want Tiger to win. 
because uh, he's captain and he's playing. But part of me also wouldn't be upset if the internationals won just to give this thing a little jolt yeah. that it kinds of ne- it needs and like beating Tiger that would be that would be kind of good. No speed for the Dallas people out there. He's been atrocious. He's like forty third in the world right now, forty fourth in the world. So he's yeah, not been we good. We don't talk about that. But uh, <laughs> but I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm interested to see how much Tiger plays. I want to see who he plays with. Probably Justin Thomas if he paired himself with him at the Hero mm-hmm. in the opening round. I'm looking forward to it, and I think it's. I always like team golf. It's something different. I yeah. think the tour gets very stale throughout the year. Playing they the need same to do more point. of it, honestly. Yes. Yeah, so I'm excited, and I feel like you're the same uh, same way. No, exactly, and it it falls at a perfect time for me because I do like team events more. I love match play, and, and so with, with something like the Presidents Cup, it fits in this area where I don't have football to watch yeah there's you know there's obviously going to be nfl on the weekends but, but it's not the bowl games the bowl games don't start for uh, until after the president's cup is done so i'm going to be sitting down i'm going to be watching film i'm going to have the president's cup on the tv i'm going to be up and awake watching it the entire times so i'm super excited about this. yeah no i'm excited and uh, this is the third time i think they've played at royal melbourne it is the site of the one time they did lose mm-hmm. uh they did lose their ernie ells is the captain for the international team um so uh, Tim and Tiger had a duel when they tied, I think, in like 2000, 2000, uh, something like that, uh, when they tied there. But uh, so how much quickly, uh, how much film do you normally watch in a day's, uh, what uh, what type of film are you getting through now? What what section are you getting through? So it depends. Uh, so right now, pickings are a little bit slim yeah. because everything comes from, you know, one source or a couple yeah. sources uh, that send you good, good stuff. So you know, I just kind of wait and I go through full teams. Okay. So, like right now, I've gone through all of Utah uh, on defense and scouted all of them. And I'm going to start with defense this year because it's what the Cowboys yeah. need more. Um, and then I've also been through all the Alabama defense, um, and I got through a little bit of LSU's as well. Okay, all right. Yeah. And those are ones that they're not complete scouting reports yeah. yet, but they're pretty much complete I, I need to get you know some of the bigger games uh that lsu has played uh other than just the alabama it's just game. kind of like a baseline start so yeah. yeah okay so uh dalton i really appreciate you coming in thanks uh, for having on the me. show it was a blast really enjoyed talking uh football with you so plug your uh plug your stuff here yeah so uh you can find my podcast uh which is my blue chip scouting podcast uh on apple podcasts and on uh soundcloud it's the blue chip scouting nfl draft podcast you can find my talking the star podcast which is my cowboys one on the blog in the boys network of podcasts and then obviously bluechipscouting.com is my website all right yeah so go check all not as drafts look it's always draft season but it's draft always season. draft season but it's really draft yes. season now we got declarations all right thanks everybody for tuning into the short thing we'll be back on thursday with the pick'em and right here seven o'clock next Sunday night here on Talk Radio 1190. Have a great week, everybody.